Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Awesomes. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets. I am joined this week by my dear friend, my longtime co-host, my fellow enthusiast of pop culture icons, Ms. Rebecca Hoffer of simplyrebecca.com. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. We were commenting and laughing off mic. This is one of the few episodes we've got into with with not a note between us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't think the awesomes realize, or maybe they do realize, maybe I'm not as good at hiding this as what I think I am, but I usually have like a lot of notes for my episodes, especially depending on like what we're talking about. Like if we're doing like a book review or something, I might have the whole thing like scripted out of what I want to say. I always have so many notes. Yes. I have zero (laughs) notes. Not even for my awesome of the week. Like I don't even have- I always have, like, a document up, and, like, for every single episode I've ever recorded, I have a document on my computer where I have things, like, jotted down, like, key points I want to say, key phrases I want to remember, whatever, or, like, a full-blown script, and I have nothing. I think this is hilarious. Number one, this is actually how we usually go into our Awesome Overflow conversations. Awesome Overflow is our monthly bonus episode for our superstar awesomes that support us on Patreon. We're pretty casual over there for the overflows, but, but you are so correct. I, sometimes I still have notes for the overflow, <laughs> depending on what it is. Yes. Awesomes everywhere are feeling a little nervous right now. Like, what are we, <laughs> what did I push play on? Help. We, Rebecca, well, my excuse is I feel like my brain has not yet fully returned to my body following the experience of seeing Taylor Swift and the Eras Tour and things that have been happening since then. I did wear my friendship bracelets that I made. I've worn them almost every day since I got home. As you should. As I should. And I will talk more about that here in a minute. But I just, I truly, I feel like I cannot get my thoughts together, including apparently for scripting a podcast episode. But Rebecca and I did want to talk to you guys a little bit about the experience, the the communal experience of going to a big concert. Or this could honestly apply to smaller concerts. It could apply across a variety of gatherings. How You think you're gathering for a a simple reason, a simple purpose. Listen to somebody's music live. And then it turns into something bigger. It turns into more than you could have imagined. Some people might even call it like a spiritual experience, a sacred experience. What happens when you get together with the... Your, your fellow enthusiasts of a thing. And it begins that the energy sort of begins to transcend the, the physical gathering that you're in. So Rebecca and I both have gotten to experience that. Um, Rebecca twice, but definitely in the last year. When, did, when was your last Harry Styles concert that you went to? I went in September of 2022. Okay. So it's been within the past year. So we thought, you know, this is a really good conversation, I think, because we can talk about some of the specifics, but this is an experience that many people have had in a variety of formats. And I don't think it's something we've ever really talked about on the main show of Sorta Awesome. So Rebecca and I, without a note in hand, (laughs) are going to share some thoughts today on Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, awesomes, to the show that loves to support you in becoming smart, strong, and social. If you have been looking for amazing women to connect with, 
and a community that will support you no matter what age or stage of life you're in. I'm really happy to tell you that you've come to the right place. Sorta Awesome is not just a podcast, it's also your community on the go. We would love to have you connect with us outside of your podcast app, however you're listening to us right now. Just know that is not all that there is to Sorta Awesome. Come and find us in one of our communities on social media. Over on Instagram, we are at Sorta Awesome Show. We have all kinds of fun things going on related to the podcast and also just some fun, awesome things to show up in your Instagram feed over there. Please do come and find us in the Sorta Awesome Hangout group. We would really like for you to join us over there. We have almost 6,000 women who gather there frequently throughout the day, throughout the week. Rebecca, I can barely even keep up with all of the posts in there. That group is always busy, 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 busy. We are solving each other's problems. We are giving recommendations. We are sharing recipes, like just anything that you would need from somebody who's just kind of like filling in the gaps where you need that awesome to be inserted into your life. You can find it in this sort of awesome hangout. And that is on Facebook. So come find us over there. And just as a quick reminder, you can find us on YouTube now. If you would like to check us out there, we've gotten some really great feedback from the awesomes who have gone over to YouTube to watch the conversation between me and whoever is joining me. Rebecca, how are you feeling about being on the YouTube? Well, I mean, I'm here for it. I think YouTube is like, you know, it's like the classic, classic social media platform that, you know, we all know and love. And so sure, let's let's do it. The only the only tricky thing is that I need to make sure that I'm like I am like camera ready, you know, like it's, it's, there's like that element of, do I look okay? Because Meg and I have the kind of relationship where we can, we can talk to each other anyway, anyway, you know, like we are, it doesn't matter. There's so much grace for all that. But if I'm going to be YouTube famous, (laughs) (laughs) then like, you know, Maybe like yeah. I've moved out of my closet. My closet is just right over there. I, I ventured yes. to outside rather than being inside with all the clothes, you know, just trying to freshen up the space a bit. <laughs> yes. It's made me a lot more conscious because I record in our bedroom. And so I'm like constantly like, what's on my dresser? Are there empty water bottles? Are there details of my life there's <laughs> a bra in the background yeah I've become a lot more conscious of it too but it's fun it's been really fun and I think I think one of our awesomes commented either to me or you I can't remember where I saw this that I was a lot more expressive than uh-huh. they <laughs> yeah yeah but you're good I at that you're good that. at that and like some of it, and you know, because because I've never met you in person, I don't actually know if like some of it is you just being like expressive, like encouraging, you know, because you do those like encouraging like facial expressions, like yes, yes, I'm with you, you're doing a good job, you're making sense, I hear what you're saying, like you're you're good at that. I don't know. Do you do that just like on the regular with somebody sitting in your living room? I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> The truth is I do. I am unbearably <laughs> encouraging to talk to. Like it's a good too problem. much. It's too much. I can't stop myself. I've been trying for a long time. I've given up even trying to stop. That's just how I am. <laughs> well, what people will most likely notice when they watch you on YouTube is that you're always playing like with a hair tie. Like oh, like what's something. in your hand right now? Like you always have I don't something have, in your hand. I have my prop <laughs> for Awesome of the Week, which I have to, it's kind of noisy. I, I'm, I'm regretful that I chose this <laughs> because I should have chosen a hair tie. I don't have any nearby. Um, I do always have a prop. I'm a big fidgeter. Sometimes <laughs> those have caused some surprise and alarm, especially for Rebecca. <laughs> do you remember the wooden spoon? It's <laughs> yeah. Why not? Wait, but that wasn't like a prop, right? Like you just like randomly no. like <laughs> there was randomly a wooden spoon in my room. <laughs> so we're recording. Meg just like randomly out of the frame lifts up this like wooden spoon and it really for some reason it scared me. It like caught me off guard. 
Like this, you thought someone was coming for me with a wooden spoon, <laughs> or like it was some like like bony like witch arm or something. Like, oh, I'm going to get you. I don't know, like Hansel and Gretel vibes or something. It's just this random spoon. Oh I I remember. I literally jumped. Like I literally you did. Jumped. It was a jump scare. <laughs> it was an unintentional jump scare, um, and I still feel badly about that. So no more wooden spoons. I also have this random comb. Maybe this will be quieter. I just I have to fidget, and it's true. I guess sometimes that is going to make it on camera. So that's a great reason to watch on YouTube, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh before goodness. we get into our conversation about. Going to concerts, the whole experience, the, the just the whole thing of going t- with someone, with a group, experiencing a thing with a group and discovering that it turns into a, a more spiritual, more elevated experience. Uh, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week. If you're new to Sorta Awesome, Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life a little bit more awesome right now, whether it is a product like I have to share today or a book or a TV show, movie, music podcast, apps, recipes, all kinds of stuff. Whatever's bringing that gold sparkle to our weeks. Rebecca, what do you have for us this week, my friend? Well, I actually have an awesome of the week that ties in perfectly with what we are talking about. And it is the app Splitwise, which is a fantastic tool that you can use for your summer travel plans, um, coordinating finances with your friend group. The superstars already got a preview of this because I gave this tip to you as an idea as you were preparing for your Taylor Swift concert. Um, but it is worth making a full-blown awesome of the week. So again, the app is called Splitwise. And basically, it just helps facilitate um, who owes who what. Whenever you're doing any kind of group activity, whether it is a vacation that you plan with friends and somebody's paying for the Airbnb and somebody covers um, supper one night and somebody does the car rental, you know, all those different types of things can go into it. Or maybe you just have a kind of relationship with a neighbor or a family member, a friend where you're like kind of constantly picking things up for each other and you just want to maybe like tighten up like how you handle that, like running to the store to get something for somebody or getting coffee. You can kind of keep a tab. Basically, it's a place for you to keep a running tab on all the different expenses, who's paid for what and who still owes somebody something. So the way that it works is you can type in the amount from your receipt. And so let's say that you and I go out to dinner together. We can type in the amount. I pay for it. And then I'll put in splitwise. We can either say that we're going to divide the bill evenly between us or however many of us were there. Or we can go in and we can customize it and say, well, since Meg um, was really bougie and she ordered Mm. the lobster, you know, she actually (laughs) owes this much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would do that. (laughs) And I only owe this much. And then like at the end of our excursion together, our trip, or like whenever you decide, you can um, just kind of tally things up and be like, well, Rebecca paid for this but then Meg paid for this and then it all kind of balances out in the end. So Meg actually owes this amount of money and you can indicate, you can pay people. It connects with PayPal and Venmo and you can, you have the option then to go in and pay and then you can say how you paid. You can also do a cash option or like write each other check like grandpa's or whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And then it'll go in and it'll tell you like who just at the end, like you're all tallied up and it will just take all the awkwardness out of yes, out of the money part of it. Right. Like all the awkwardness out of, well, this person is really tight in their budget and so they don't want to overpay. This person never remembers to pay back. You know, like just like that kind of thing. It just eliminates all of that. You just put it in the app and then it can all be taken care of. So great. It really can help so much, especially, yeah, just talking about money with friends or family or whatever can be so awkward. Even if we're all like on the same page, we all went out to dinner, we know we're going to split it. This like lets the app handle the awkwardness. I cannot believe you gave that whole spiel without a note. Like, are you on their marketing team, Loki? <laughs> no. Because that was a really good talk on the app. I'm well, sold. Well, thank you. Thank you. 
I just thought, so I used it when I went to Austin with friends to go see Harry Styles. And I just thought it was so handy. Absolutely. Such a great idea. Could be used in a variety of contexts. So I'm so glad you brought it to the main show. So good. We'll put a link in the show notes if you guys want to go check it out. My Awesome of the Week is something I kind of teased last week when I was talking to Jen Hoffman about finding a new great red lipstick. Um, This was found in the context of preparing for Taylor Swift the first night we all got to Dallas after dinner, no, before dinner, we hit up the local Sephora <laughs> because several of us were sacrifice. looking for some. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> but several of us were looking for some kind of a product to, uh, lip product to wear. Um, I have a variety of red lipsticks. I absolutely did not need a new red lipstick, but I am so glad that I got this one because the formula on this is my favorite lip product so far, and it was such a surprise for me. Okay, this is from Urban Decay, wow. which is not its not a brand I really go to regularly. I don't know why. I don't really have anything against it. It's just not one of my normal brands, but it's by Urban Decay. It is called their Vice Lip Bond Glossy Liquid Lipstick. When they say that it's glossy, it is glossy. It is super glossy, but also, Rebecca, it lasts and lasts and lasts. They say up to 16 hours of wear. Several of us still have this on the next day after the concert. It's transfer proof. It is food resistant. It is not a typical long wear. A lot of times with a long wear lipstick, it's in the matte format, which can be really drying. Right. That's what I was thinking as as I was hearing you talk about this. I was like, now I am not, I am not the lipstick expert in this conversation by any stretch of the imagination. But when I hear people talk about long lasting liquid lip, it's always matte. Like that's always what I'm hearing. I yes. I didn't even know that long lasting in a glossy formula was possible. I know. (laughs) And this is, it is so legit. So we were in Sephora. I think that Julie, I'll share more about who was with the group here in a minute, but my friends, Julie and Grace were looking through the aisles of Sephora because I, I believe Julie was looking for a red lip liner to go with a lipstick. And Grace just kind of happened upon this, the display of this particular kind from Urban Decay. And it was like, this shade's really great. We all were, we, we all tried it in the store. We were all blown away. All three of us picked up a tube of this. One interesting thing about it is you got to shake it for five seconds. I don't know if you oh. can hear that. Do yeah. you hear the, the shaky, the shakiness yeah. of it all? You do shake it for five seconds to sort of, I guess, activate the lip bond part of it that bonds to your lips. Okay. It's worth every second of shaking that you put into it, you guys. <laughs> I really cannot explain to you how long this lasts. And this color, Urban Decay calls this their power red. The great thing about this shade, Unbreakable, is it's a blue red. So it's going to look good on anybody. We were talking before the concert about how tricky red lipstick can be because certain shades of red make your teeth look discolored, maybe a little yellowish. But if you will go with a blue-toned red, like Unbreakable, there's a variety of blue-toned reds out there. It actually can make your teeth look a little brighter and definitely not make them look yellow or stained or anything like that. So I'm not a hundred percent in love with the shades that Urban Decay has right now. They have, you know, kind of their basics, but it's a lot of more um, browns, nudes, those kinds of colors, which as you may know, are not really my go-to. So I'm hoping that they will expand the shade line. But if you're looking for a great red, if you need a red for an event, or just like you'd like to wear red lipstick every day, but you hate reapplying it, I'm telling you this Vice Lip Bond Glossy Lip from Urban Decay is it. This is what you're looking for. And this is what you wore to the concert, right? Mm -hmm. It looked amazing (laughs) on you. It looks so good. It looks Thank so you. Good. I'm not wearing it today. I'm not wearing it today. I actually wore it last week when I recorded with Jen, and I didn't super love the way it looked on camera. So links in the show notes for all of our awesomes of the week. If you would like to come and join us on social media, we are talking awesome of the week every single Friday over there. 
um, Rebecca and I have some good conversation to get into about pop stars and concerts and experiences with friends and all of that. We're going to get to that when we come right back. Hey, friends, you know how it is. Every month we sit down, we look at our monthly bills. They're roughly about the same rent and mortgage, car payments, even groceries and gas, we can kind of guesstimate. However, when it comes to health care, it feels like the total opposite, like a total wild card. That's why I am loving the work of Crowd Health, because Crowd Health puts you back in control of your health care and helps you pay for health expenses. My husband, Kyle, and I are both small business owners, and we have a family of seven. As you can imagine, health insurance feels completely inaccessible to us. We really feel like we've been priced out. But with Crowd Health, they are approaching healthcare totally differently. It's simple, it's transparent, and it's affordable. Here's what I mean by transparent. $40 of your $175 monthly payment helps you pay for your care advocate from Crowd Health, telemedicine services, discounted prescriptions, and other tools to help you get the best care at an affordable price. Then the remainder of the monthly payment goes into a Crowd Health account that you own, so you can help others in the crowd pay for their medical expenses as well. You can experience healthcare freedom with Crowd Health. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code awesome at checkout to get your first three months for just $99 a month. That's joincrowdhealth.com promo code awesome. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Okay, we are back. And today, Rebecca and I are talking about primarily concerts. Rebecca and I are women in our 40s. We are unashamed to be big fans, to be fangirls even, of some pretty well-known pop stars. Rebecca, you have a long and storied relationship with the fandom of Harry Styles, correct? Yes, I thought you were going to say relationship with Harry Styles. You should just stop there. I don't know why you had the word fandom. <laughs> I actually was going to go straight to Harry, but I was like, no, 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 no. Let's create a little space. This is about the fandom as well as the person. And you have been to two Harry Styles big arena concerts, correct? Well, not, not, yes. Arenas, not stadium concerts though. Mm. Um, so, and I feel like that kind of, wait, what's the difference? Is that not the same? Well, no, like an arena is usually like an indoor event. A stadium can be like massive, massive. Like, like you went to go see Taylor where she performed at the Super Bowl or was that the, her opening was at, wasn't her opening night at the Super Bowl location? Yeah. Yes, in Glendale, Arizona. Yes. Okay, so that would be considered a stadium. Stadiums are just okay, bigger. They're just bigger, 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 and usually they're also okay. like outside. Well, we saw her at AT and T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. That's where the Dallas Cowboys play, which it does see like seventy thousand people. It was covered. Okay, but yeah. I do think they have the option. I I think there's a cover that like a. Retractable? I don't want to say removable. Retractable. I was like, it's not removable. That would be, that's stupid. Retractable <laughs> roof. But it was covered for the concert. Okay. So I, I learned something new today. I didn't know there was a difference between arenas and stadiums. I feel more educated. Well, and I know that there's a difference because I am like kind of terrified of Harry Styles doing a stadium tour in the U.S. because Mm. it just means that everybody's just going to be further away. Like, more people can come, but it's harder to get really good seats because you're just not close. You know, it's just like, it's just... It's just bigger. It's a huge stadium. And so there's just the possibility of being a lot further away. That makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Um, as, I, as I was just intimating, I got to see Taylor for night one of her Arlington, Texas stop of her tour, night one of three. Um, record-setting crowds across the board. I think most people, even if they're not dialed into Taylor Swift or to this tour, may have seen in the headlines last fall when the tickets went on sale, that it was complete and utter chaos. Mm-hmm. I myself was in in line online for six hours to get our tickets. And I felt lucky to escape the process with tickets in hand. So many people spent their entire days when the tickets were released 
in line on their computers or phones or whatever, and came away with nothing. And so even though it was very annoying and troubling at the time, I didn't even realize until I was done with the whole process, like, oh, there's people that have been in line for hours, and they're getting kicked out, and they can't get back in. It was an actual nightmare, the process of just getting the tickets. Was that a thing with the Harry concerts? Or was it a little bit better managed? Well, I think it was a little less chaotic. I think the demand for Taylor was just stronger, or just higher. And so I think that was a problem. But there definitely was this part about having to get pre-sale, like get a pre-sale code to get the tickets. And so people and then it sold out before uh, like general admission could be allowed in. So it, unless you have like a pre-sale code, you really were just kind of out of luck with getting with getting seats. So yeah. it definitely was stressful, but it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it certainly wasn't as bad as Taylor Swift drama. I mean, they even like okay. went to court and stuff, didn't they? Yes. Like it was a whole fiasco. It's been a whole thing. Yes. Okay. Speaking of Harry and Taylor, can we do a sidebar real fast? Oh my goodness. Okay. It's not related to the concert. Yes. What are you going to say? Just, I, well, I just feel like it would be a little remiss of us to not address the fact that as we're recording, and by the time this episode comes out, we'll be within a week of the news breaking that Taylor and her boyfriend of six years, Joe Alwyn, broke up kind of over Easter weekend. And the reason I'm thinking of it is, of course, because one of Taylor's notable past relationships was Harry Styles back. Um, when was that? Like before the 1989 era, I feel like maybe early 2010s. I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't you know every date of his every partner? Well, I <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I don't know them in Taylor language. Like, I don't know what you just yeah. said. <laughs> okay, so 1989 came out in 2014. And I feel like she and Harry had dated and broken up by 2014. Does that feel uh, right? Uh, sure. I'll look it up. Okay. So yes. So we we found out over Easter weekend that Taylor and Joe had broken up. I personally have thoughts and feelings on this. But Rebecca, I need to tell you, and I even texted you this over the weekend when the news came out, like, when I say that in the Swifty fandom, there was wailing, there was weeping, there <laughs> was actual throwing up, <laughs> gnashing of teeth and throwing up. I have to read to you a quote. Um, I think this was from Fulcher. Yes, from a Vulture article, a Swifty, a Taylor fan. This is the actual quote, quote, it made me believe that love wasn't real anymore. And I puked. Oh, you have a mother's compassion about that. I am (laughs) a little bit more like you guys. Well, really? Come on. You're being too harsh because they were together for six years. And that's like a long time in Hollywood, isn't it? Especially, especially, I mean, yes, people break up. Why can't I not find this date for when these two people dated each other. This article <laughs> is like the longest article in the world and it does not tell me anything. Um, I just, I think it's, I, I have sympathy for it because wasn't there was lots of rumors, right? That the whole reason, and if I know this, then there had to have been major rumors because I don't know anything about Taylor Swift. So there was rumors going around that she was kind of redoing all of these albums, partially in, in part to like fulfill a contract, right? Like if she got her contract hmm. fulfilled, then she she could get married and she could have babies and she could go. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, wasn't that like a whole thing? I'm so angry. I'm so angry right now because (laughs) just, first of all, it wasn't to fulfill a contract. It's that Scooter Braun famously purchased the masters of all of her original recordings. So she's doing the re-record so that she has her, it's not to really fulfill a contract. It's to herself. Like she wants to have, Yes, I music. understand that part of it, but wasn't that also a benefit? Mm. And and she put out all these albums, not just the whole re-recording, but she like really like was like boom, 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 releasing music quickly. I mean, yes, she did for sure. It, so maybe it was- I'm mixing things up a little bit and. <laughs> Here's the part that makes me so angry without getting into the, to the actual weeds of how often she releases albums and all of that. I am so infuriated by those rumors and ideas and TikTok theories that she's 
you know, re-releasing, doing all of her Taylor's versions and that the lover's tour at the end of like part of the lover's tour, like spoiler, like if you are going to the tour and you don't want any spoilers, you should probably fast forward for a while (laughs) on this one. Um, But part of the, the stage show for the era's tour is that she burns the lover's house, like the lover house that was part of the lover album. She's like smashing her old era's, so there was a theory that she's doing all of this because she's going to retire and marry Joe and they're going to have a family. And I'm like, do any of you listen to her songs? Have you read the lyrics in Lavender Haze? The first track on Midnight's, she literally says, no deal, this 1950s you want from me. She doesn't want to get married, you guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. You're not. You don't listen to this music. You don't read these lyrics. You don't don't study them. I'm not mad at you. I'm just like, if anybody truly believed that, I feel like you're not paying attention. And I, by paying attention, I don't even mean like doing a close read of the lyrics. Like you're, what are you listening to? She literally specifically says that she has no interest in getting married. And then at the end of the music video for Bejeweled, another track off of Midnight's. She ghosts the prince in the music video and has the castle all to herself. It's like a fairy tale format for Bejeweled. At the end, she like dumps the prince so she can have the castle to herself. Like she's being so very clear about the fact that she is not here to get married and have children and have this more conventional approach to life. I need, I need, I need to take a breath. (laughs) This is what happens when you don't have notes. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly Meg is dropping swear words in disguise of Taylor Swift lyrics. Okay, so how does that tie into her timeline with her relationship with her boyfriend? Mm. Because how if you're the boyfriend and you're like, oh, you dumped the prince? What is what does this mean? Well, okay, so I have a theory that they actually decided to end the relationship a while ago. Um, Midnights, again, the album that just came out last October. I mean, it feels pretty clear that she's more interested in being on her own. And I won't go into all of my English teacher reasons why for that. But notably, everyone had noticed Arlington was the third stop on the tour. There's Glendale, then Las Vegas, then Arlington. I have some tweezers in my hand now in case you're wondering. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I've switched fidgeters. Um, Arlington was the third stop. So she was, she played two nights in Glendale, two nights in Vegas, and then three nights in Arlington. Joe was not there for a single one. Um, That's not good. Then, yeah. And people are like, oh, he's filming in England or something. Um, And, but then I think it was Emma Stone or was it Emma Watson? One of the Emmas is also in that same film that Joe is in. And she had made it to one of the nights for Eras Tour. So, not good. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, there is that. So, th- I feel like there's been signs along the way. I do feel like they did decide to end the relationship a while ago. And Easter weekend was one of only two weekends from March 17th through August 3rd, I think, is the end of the Eras tour, when she had a weekend off. And if there's one thing that's true about Taylor Swift and her PR team is that every single thing is calculated. Everything that's released is calculated. It is all what is put out there is what is meant to be seen. And so I think that they wanted to get this news out there at a time when it was like a holiday weekend, let people hear about it, let people react so that then people can stop like asking, where's Joe? And just like focus on Taylor and the concert, which is amazing, by the way. And so part of my theory also is I do think that they were probably a PR relationship or a contract relationship in the beginning, in the beginning, coming out of the whole controversy with Kim and Kanye and all of that stuff. I think that they started out um, as a PR relationship. I do think that over time, especially with the pandemic and they like quarantined together, I do think that they probably became really close and that there was a lot of shared affection there. 
I don't it's believe like a for a minute that Joe <laughs> – it is. And maybe I just read too many contemporary romances, right? Like maybe <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely like legit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I just read too many contemporary romances and this was a very legit, very much in love relationship. I will completely make room for that. But my intuition is he was never meant to be the one. Also, speaking of, and then we can really talk about the concert. Um, but this is part of the concert. So I had memorized the set list for the Eras Tour, which was no small feat. It's like 44 songs. The concert is three hours and 11 minutes long of Taylor performing pretty much nonstop. The woman does just barely takes a break for a quick costume change. It is all Taylor all the time. Well, one of the songs that's pretty well known that was on this original set list is called Invisible String. And notably, because people do love to talk about who she writes songs about, notably, Invisible String was about Joe. It references the yogurt shop that he worked at when he was a teenager. And it's kind of like how all of these things were happening in life that led them together. First Night of Arlington Tour, that song isn't in the set list anymore. It's replaced by a song called The One, which is a post-breakup song that includes the line, wouldn't it have been fun if you would have been the one? Oh, that's really And at the time, I know. And at the time, everyone's freaking out and like looking at each other and like, oh my God, like the set list has been changed. And she addresses it right in the show in the sense that she's like, I know you guys studied and crammed and memorized the set list and you think you know what's coming, but I just want to remind you, we're, we're all about changing things up on the Eras Tour. And a lot of people are like, that makes sense. She's performing two and three shows a weekend for months on end. This huge endeavor of a show. It makes sense that she, as the artist, might like to just keep it interesting for herself and mm-hmm. switch out some songs. So it like it made sense of the in the moment totally. Like I don't think anybody thought like, oh, she and Joe are over if she took Invisible String out of the set list. But then when the news came out, everyone was like, oh, she took Invisible String out of the set list. Like it was a huge yeah. thing. Oh, dear. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know how these artists do it where they write such intimate music about their loved ones and then continue to sing them post-breakup. Like, I just yeah. – it, it boggles my mind. Yes. Meg. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about your concert experience. Okay. Because I purposely have not really talked to you at all because I wanted to hear yes. all about it. From you straight on camera. So tell me what was well, okay. Talk to me about going to the concert with your people. Like, what was yes. the highlight of like who you went with? And I know you went with Julie. Yes. Sort of awesome regular. Mm-hmm. Had you met Julie in person before? I had not. Okay. Yay. It was so fun. And we actually talked about this quite a bit because. It was so – I imagine it will be how you and I feel when we do get to spend time <laughs> together in person. We had already logged so many hours together. I almost feel like – I know this is a little bit of a stretch, but I almost feel like um, maybe a dating relationship where you meet somebody online or through an app or whatever, and you talk and talk and talk a bunch before you ever meet, and then it's just like so natural when you meet them. Like we – between emails, she and I started emailing each other in 2016. So between emails and then texting and then sending each other TikToks daily to get through the pandemic. And then she became a regular on the show. So we were, you know, spending hours face to face as you can be on Zoom. Like it was so natural to hang out with her in person. It was exactly like, except better, but like exactly how I imagined it would be. So, oh, that's yes. awesome. So, Julie Tupperman, and then my friend Grace, who is an awesome turned a very dear friend of mine. Um, we met, I told this story a few times. We met when she and I both had our kids at the Science Museum at the same time, and she introduced herself, herself and we just hit it off instant chemistry. So, those two friends, my two sisters, Emily, who's another sort of awesome regular, and my younger sister, Sarah, who is an OG Swifty from the debut album in 06. Knows every so- word to every song, knows everything about Taylor's life in an encyclopedic way. 
she went. <laughs> On the other end of the spectrum, my daughter, Daisy, who's newly 18, who was one of those people cramming the set list. Like she, Daisy actually didn't decide absolutely for sure that she was going to go until like two weeks before we left for Dallas because. Well, yeah. What was the debate? Come on. Your mom got you a ticket? Go. (laughs) I know. I know. She was just like, I don't know, because like, I don't really know this music. And I think there's going to be a ton of people there. And I just don't know. But then she kind of thought about and I was just like, tried to give her a lot of space. The whole reason that she said yes to a ticket in the first place is because she does love live music. And then also she was like, I just kind of feel like I should just experience it. Like it's just a thing to experience. And I kind of reminded her of that when she was questioning whether or not to go. Like, even if you only know a few of the songs, the experience of being in this stadium with tens of thousands of people, like, it's a moment. Especially, I feel like, for younger generations. Like, this tour is a moment. Yeah. So she decided to go, and she did cram a bunch of songs so that she knew quite a few of them by the time concert time rolled around and we just had the best time it was so fun so that was the group and your outfit i mean i just loved what you wore meg i loved it thank you it was this big poofy well you describe it this skirt was just okay was it itchy or was it soft was it annoying the skirt was was awesome the skirt the skirt was the anti-hero of the night (laughs) Like, no! I wore, <laughs> so to describe my outfit, I wore a black t-shirt that just said in white anti-hero on it and this black tulle skirt and then some Chuck Taylor high top sneakers. Sneakers were the way to go. All of us in my group wore sneakers. It was absolutely the thing to do. And we were so glad to do it. Um, that tulle skirt looked really amazing. It was not itchy. It was quite soft tulle. But it, there was so much of it everywhere. In retrospect, I should have, before we even walked into the stadium, I should have, A, cut it along the bottoms. You know, tools so forgiving, you can cut it and it doesn't make that big of a difference. Or B, I should have like tied it up, like knotted it because, and I did end up doing that, I think right before the actual Taylor start part of the concert started. Because I was tripping on it. I was stepping on it. Other people were stepping on it. It looked really cool. And I got a lot of comments on it from people at the concert. But it was a little bit of a nightmare, honestly. (laughs) Oh, how unfortunate. But, you know, pain is beauty sometimes. Or beauty Mm, is pain, mm -hmm. whatever they say. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay, so looking back on the concert experience, like from your time actually there at the stadium, what is a standout moment that you think of when you think about the concert itself? This is really such a good question. And I will say, hands down, the experience of like, well, I'm going to say scream singing. Also, notably, I had laryngitis going into concert week. And during the concert, I genuinely lost my voice. Like there was no voice left. That's never happened to me before, but it was worth it. But like scream singing the words to songs that have that clearly for so many people, for thousands and thousands of people, those songs and the lyrics have such significant meaning. Yes, they're enjoying Taylor and the music that she's written and the performance of it, that you just know for so many people, especially people who've been fans of hers for like over a decade, that these songs are like mile markers in their lives. These songs meant something to them when they were in high school, when they were in college, when they were out on their own for the first time. I'm going to start crying just thinking about it. Like to sit next to my sister, Sarah, who genuinely has been a fan from the beginning and for her to know every word I'll have to put a picture. I don't, I can't put it in the show notes, but I'll put put a picture on social media of of my sister and I just absolutely like mouths open, like screaming as we're singing. Um, It was like, that is absolutely the standout moment in terms of just being able to look around and that sense of like, oh, it's not just me. Like it's all of us. This is so meaningful to every single person who fought through the Ticketmaster War and by luck or by (laughs) good fortune, whatever, found themselves there. That was amazing. 
maybe this takes us into like the next part that we want to talk about, but I just think it's so fascinating that for you, and I had a similar experience walking away from my Harry Styles concert, is that the the standout thing wasn't even necessarily a moment of Taylor on stage, but it was like the collective experience with those around you, that that yes. is what you're really taking away from the experience. And that's just, there's, it's just beautiful. It really is. And where our seats were, they weren't like terrible seats, but they were like straight on. Like our straight ahead view was the side of the main stage. So that was one. Was it considered um, obstructed view seats or not? No, it wasn't called obstructed view, which I'm kind of annoyed about because I don't think the camera work was very great at the, at least not of night one for Arlington, because there's so much storytelling that happens on the main stage. And a lot of times the camera person would be just zoomed right in on Taylor, which that's great. And I know that's what a lot of people want to see, but we lost the whole context, like the, the moment with her smashing the arrows boxes and the lover house burning, which are like key parts of the concert. We didn't get to see that. I didn't know that that was happening okay. except for watching footage before and after on TikTok. And so that kind mm-hmm. of was not so great. And having said that, like just seeing Taylor herself was really hard um, where we were. It w- we could kind of see her in, in some moments, but she was very far away. They have huge screens. So like we were, right. we were totally able to, you know, like watch the performance, obviously. But in terms of seeing her physical body, like it was much harder to, get to have that experience. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's just kind of the way that it is. I remembered yeah. walking away from my Harry experience and feeling from the first concert, especially while I was there, I was like, you know, I'm still kind of watching him on a screen. Like I spent all this time, like getting to know him and starting my fan experience with him, watching him on a screen, like on my phone. And now here I am at a concert, but I'm still like mostly still watching him on the screen. And that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was like, what yeah. is this all about? <laughs> yeah, Totally. Yeah, that's, I guess that's to be expected. And I kind of knew most stadiums, you can go online and see the view from your section. And so I was kind of prepared for that. I just wasn't prepared for the camera work to not really, I don't know, be part of the whole story. So (laughs) I just wanted to say one more thing too. Beyond the concert itself, which I, like I said, is three hours and 11 minutes of Taylor. And of course, there's the openers before, like, so much of the fun of it was the what I think you might call it the extended experience, truly from like the moment of getting the tickets, telling the people or asking the people who I asked, telling the people who I was getting tickets for, like that we had gotten it all the way through finding the Airbnb, getting excited about that, getting there being in the house together, making the friendship bracelets. I brought so many beads. The friendship bracelets were the surprise. They were the sleeper hit of our weekend. Um, So making friendship bracelets with different Taylor song lyrics or phrases or things that are associated with her albums. It's kind of a tradition going to her concerts. And so I brought so many beads and all these supplies and we just set up like this bead station at the Airbnb and all of us like grown women and, and also Daisy, who I'm sure probably thinks she's a little too old for friendship bracelets. We were just having so much fun listening to music, making bracelets. We had so much fun that even the day after the concert, when we were just hanging out at our Airbnb, we got the beads back out and just made some more bracelets just for fun. It was so great. Okay. Now as a non Swifty, I had no idea that this was a thing. So for like people always wear friendship bracelets to these concerts. And then do you exchange them with people at the venue? Yeah. Some people do. Now, some people like just want to keep the bracelets that they've made. So I think part of the custom is to just be like, are you trading bracelets? Which I traded with a girl in the bathroom. We were washing our hands at the sink and I was like, oh my gosh, I love your outfit. And she was like, I love your bracelets. Are you trading? And so we looked at what the other had and we traded. We got to the the stadium later than I would have preferred because of some traffic and parking issues. I wish we would have gotten there earlier for the sole reason of I was really looking forward to trading bracelets. The um, unstoppable extrovert that I am, I was like really looking forward to getting to know people that way, but that didn't work out that way. It's okay. But yeah, that's kind of like 
a, a thing that people do is you make a bunch of bracelets and go and and if you see other people with their bracelets on, see if they want to trade. That is adorable. I love that so much. What an awesome fandom idea. <laughs> <laughs> it really wasn't like I said, it really extended the experience. Getting ready with all of us in the house in front of this huge mirror. Um, Grace was putting lashes on people. She has a super <laughs> talent for putting lashes on people. She's like, I can't do my own, but I can put yours on for you. Um, Julie brought this assortment of glittery eyeshadows. Just, we were all just piling all of our stuff in that we had brought. It was very, it was giving me such strong, happy, nostalgic memories of like being in a sorority house or even going further back than that, like summer camp with friends where you just like, it's the whole thing of like getting ready together and just the warm fuzzies of that. There was just so many moments outside of the concert that were just so great that, yeah, I just highly recommend if you get a chance to do something like this together with a group of friends, it's it's worth every bit of the hassle and expense that goes into it for sure. Oh, that's great. I, I mean, I kind of felt really similar with with my experience as well. And it just all goes back to the idea of um, really soaking in those moments and even in those hobbies of things that bring you joy and that they're just for the sake of the joy. Like it doesn't have to be yes. – uh, it doesn't have to do any other good in your life. It doesn't have to be like baking bread, which ultimately feeds your family. It doesn't have to be something that benefits other people. It can just be for the benefit of joy just for you. And there's just something so beautiful about that. Absolutely agree. Something we definitely believe in strongly here at Sword of Awesome. So we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, Rebecca and I are going to get into some more of those like bigger picture things that we think about when we think about these big experiences. So we're going to get to that when we come right back. Okay, Awesomes, it's time for me to get to talk about one of our very favorite sponsors, one of my very favorites, and that's Headspace. I started using Headspace back in 2020, yes, during the pandemic when my mental health was taking a nosedive like so many other people in this country and around the world. I've had problems with depression and anxiety before, but all of that ramped up in 2020. I have been a paying customer of Headspace ever since. I never let this subscription lapse because Headspace's approach to supporting mental health has made a true difference in my life. And here's how. Headspace combines scientifically proven benefits of meditation and mindfulness with modern practices through their experienced meditation teachers. They have a wide range of teachers with diverse backgrounds and areas of expertise to ensure that there's a teacher and content that's going to be helpful for you, whether you're totally new to meditation or if you've been practicing for years. And here is what I love the most. Even if you only have a few minutes to get in the right headspace, there are programs that you can do on the go when you're pressed for time. For example, one of my very favorite meditations is called Time for Me, and it only takes six minutes. Headspace has helped me and more than 100 million people worldwide, and they can help you too. Listen up. You do not want to miss this. I've arranged something special for a limited time all of you awesomes can try Headspace free for 30 days by going to headspace.com slash awesome 30. You won't find this offer anywhere else and you must use our link H-E-A-D-S-P-A-C-E dot com slash awesome 30 to unlock all of Headspace free for 30 days. This is not something they normally do. Headspace.com slash awesome 30. Okay, we're back. And like I said, I... I really wanted to take this opportunity to talk with Rebecca because we did talk Rebecca last year after the Harry concert you went to last year in Austin with friends that sometimes these moments can be so like almost transformative above what you think they're going to be. It is true that you are, you know, you're getting to like you were just kind of talking about before the break, there's this moment of like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to see the actual physical living body of this person that I've been listening to music, of, you know, watching YouTube videos, watching music videos, there's kind of that moment. But in a big venue like this, they're still kind of far removed. But what's not removed are the people that are around you that are there with you. And I think that that is kind of where that collective energy, that shared energy really comes into play. That is for a lot of people akin to some kind of a spiritual experience. I've seen a number of people talk about how different moments of Taylor's concert, for example, felt like going to church. It's just 
you know, at church, like if you're in going to some kind of a religious thing, you may also, of course, have that shared feeling of like a really powerful, uh, depending upon your religion, you might say like a movement of the spirit, like you feel like you're all kind of tuned into the same spirit that you're all sharing that. I think a big difference might be when you're in a religious context, you're kind of like embodying this um, unseen thing that you all uh, believe in, right? So like, whether it's God or whatever, that it's that part's invisible, but that you're visible to each other at a concert, you're kind of focusing your attention on a, a visible person, not a God, but like a, a person who's real that you all are there to experience together. And yet even still, there is that shared, that mutual enthusiasm and moment. Like I said, to look around at different points during the concert and to see women of all ages and some men too, who were like very emotional, like tears, like clutching their chest, like just like in that moment and you're all feeling it together is like, it really does kind of feel like you're elevated beyond anything that is that you experience in day-to-day life, of course, or that you could ever experience just sitting in your house watching music videos on your TV screen. And I think you kind of had heard of a phrase maybe that kind of plays into this as well. Yes. So I, I think this is some of the beauty of humanity, right? Is that uh, there is beauty and there is power in a collective experience that we truly are better together. And while you can have an isolated experience at home, listening to something, uh, listening to music, watching a movie, whatever – if you transplant yourself out of that and put yourself in a crowd of people all experiencing that same thing together at the same time, it elevates the experience because we are better together. There's something extremely powerful and beautiful and moving about being part of a group. And I think that's part of just the way that we are wired as humans is that we're not meant to be isolated. We're meant to be connected to each other. And so to find these uh, these moments and these pockets of time and these like milestone events, like seeing a pop star that we adore at a concert and being able to say like, this is one moment where I felt this the most, or I was really tapped into this. It's just, it's a privilege. And uh, months and months and months ago <laughs> on TikTok, I saw a video where somebody was, they were sharing footage of a parade and she said something like why is it or something like tell me i'm not the only one that cries at parades <laughs> oh. or it was like i don't know like pov yes. you're me crying at a parade <laughs> and yes. then i was i went to the comment section and it was filled with people saying yes the same thing i experienced the same thing at concerts i experienced the same thing at um at, at parades at sporting events and the top comment said that there's actually a name for this. It's called collective effervescence. And I looked it up because I took a screenshot right then and there. I was like, I don't know what that is, but that sounds like it might be me. And so I took a screenshot and then later I went back and I Googled it. And the definition that comes up is the feeling of energy and harmony when people are engaged in a shared purpose. And I was like, yes, yes. That is why I cry anytime I watch the Olympics. That is yes. why I cry when I go and see kids on stage, like doing a theater performance or a concert. Like I just can't I, – I literally feel like I am unable to control the emotions that bubble up within me when I'm experiencing this collective effervescence. I just – I can't – I can't control it. It just comes out. It just comes out. I'm overwhelmed, overcome with emotions, and it just yes. comes bubbling out of me. I am the exact same way. I wonder if it's something everyone experiences. I will not even realize I'm feeling emotional about a thing. For example, 
I can remember it sometime in the past, we were watching the Olympics with the kids and we were watching an American gold medalist and the national anthem comes on. I don't even think I'm having a particularly emotional moment. And one of the kids is like, what are they doing? What are they singing? And I like start to talk and I'm like all choked up. Like it even took me by surprise. And I haven't thought about this in years, but absolutely. I always cry at parades. Like... (laughs) there even to cry about i don't know like the marching band and the marching band i can't with the marching band just gets me and yeah and i i have actually felt quite um maybe even embarrassed of this but no i will shame no more because there's a whole term for it collective effervescence is what we're all experiencing and why aren't you that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna turn it around (laughs) on people who aren't crying (laughs) that's the way shame them into (laughs) harmony Um, I found some similar research um, as we were thinking about recording this and, and not making notes on it. But I found this um, music theorist who's talking about this whole thing about like, what's the magic of live music? Because seeing Taylor in a huge stadium is by far not my only live music experience. And there's so many experiences. And a lot of times it is kind of around music where you find yourself in in physical sync with other people. If you're singing along, if you're dancing, those are bringing you into physical synchronicity with the people around you. Um, One philosopher called it a mutual tuning in. And then there's a a pianist who uh, is also a Harvard professor who described it as being together in time. And I thought, like, oh, yes, that's like the, that's it. That's the thing. Because another thing I've experienced that's like, not on the musical end of things, but when Kyle was coaching football, like more than one game, it would come down to the end of the game. There'd be a tie. You have to go into overtime and the stakes are high. And even if people have been milling around, talking, drinking, eating, whatever during the game, when it goes into overtime, it you can feel the shift in energy and everybody is tuned in because all of a sudden the stakes are so high and you're like, you feel like you're like on the field with the players and, and just trying to will them into winning. And then if you win, it's like an even more intense feeling of winning. And if you lose in overtime, it's like this really intense feeling of losing because you almost won. So just that concept of being together in time with people, I think is something that is so awesome. And I think it is a huge thing that collectively as humanity, we were grieving and didn't even know how to put a name to it during the let's say three years of pandemic, certainly that first year when things were so intensely isolated. Yes, we might say like, I miss seeing live music. I really miss that. That's a big part of my life. But to know that what to be able to name that what you're missing is being together in time with other people. Like no wonder it was so traumatic for so many reasons. But I think that was a part of our trauma that we didn't even know we were experiencing at the time. Oh, for sure. So my first concert that I went to was actually in 2021. And I went in October of 2021. And that was at the point where it was still like, are we doing this concert thing? (laughs) Is this going to be okay? Um, And I came home from that concert. And it was the it was the video footage of the crowd singing behind Harry that would make me absolutely weepy. Like I could not watch the footage with and the crowd dancing without getting emotional and crying. And like, I don't know that I'm not like, I'm not like a crowd person. I'm not, I mean, I'm an extrovert, but like, I don't feel like I need to be in a crowd, but there was just something about like the joy of it all, the community of it all, the harmony of it all that I think just, you know, it just ties back into what I was previously saying that as humans, we are not designed for isolation, that we are designed for community and we are designed for togetherness and that it truly is a holy experience to be united with our communities. And I think, you know, going back to what you said during the pandemic, there was not very much uniting. And so for us to be able now post pandemic to experience uniting again, even if it's something over a concert 
or a sporting event or whatever it is that we're realizing how truly amazing that is and that we're not taking it for granted in a way that maybe we would have if we had experienced all of this, you know, like five years ago. Yes, it's so true. And I think too, to even bring it down on a smaller scale, if you're sitting here thinking like, I don't like crowds, I'm never going to do something like that. I think that even a retreat, spiritual or otherwise, or even like a really great dinner party that's intimate, that's a small Mm. group of friends where you're just all in sync with each other. It's not tense. Mm -hmm. It's not awkward. You're just like the energy is just flowing. I think that can be a great example of that collective effervescence, even if it's on a smaller scale. So I'm... so glad that we got to talk about this and to put a name to it. I feel like this is really kind of capped off the experience. Rebecca is getting to debrief with you, especially somebody outside of the Swifty fandom to like, just be able to share in this with you has been really great. So thank you for, um, thanks for the idea and for talking through all of this with me. This has been really great. I've loved hearing about it. Joy just for the sake of joy. Let's celebrate it. It's Let's fantastic. Celebrate it. You were able to do this. Yes. Um, If people want to come and find you and talk to you about Harry Styles or anything else that you're interested in or just hang out with you online, where can we find you all around the web? My website is simplyrebecca.com. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram, specifically Instagram stories. And you can find me there at simplyrebecca. Okay. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome. Meg, you can find the show by searching Sorta Awesome, whatever platform you're on. If you are going to the Eras Tour later this year, starting with Tam, this weekend. Do I have all of the tour stops memorized, Rebecca? You know that I do. Um, Because like, why would I like memorize my kids' schedules and when they need to be places when I could memorize everything about the Eras Tour? If you are going or if you know someone who is, I would love for you to check out my newsletter, Bejeweled. You can go to megteats.substack.com and find that. I'm talking all things Taylor Swift in the Eras Tour now through August. So awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.